What's up, everybody? And welcome back to Recalling Saul, a recap podcast on AMC's Better Call Saul, starring Bob Odenkirk, Jonathan Banks, Giancarlo Esposito, and more. I am Justin, here with Pat Pafif. We are on possibly day 13, 14 of our social distancing but uh, the world has changed a lot in the weeks since we've done this last. <laughs> where's where's my two thousand dollars? <laughs> Send me the money. I cannot wait. Everyone's getting money for free. Where's the check? Thank you know what? We don't say it enough. Thank you, Republicans. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Republicans, for handling uh, the 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 COVID crisis. Yeah, I I am. Uh, you know, again, we're we're trying to. <laughs> We're trying to, to make sense of a lot of things. There's a, there's a lot of things going on <laughs> right now. Uh, and we're just trying to make sense of it. You know, it's so, you know, the only thing that we that we know that will be airing and will be on time every single week at this point, I hope, is Better Call Saul. And we are halfway through the season, Pat. We, yeah, we I, I actually, I, I was, I was going to bring that up at the, uh, at the end of the episode. Uh, is it going to keep airing regularly? Yeah, why not? It's AMC. It is uh, my only. I mean, it's only ten episodes. I would. They probably. I mean, technically, they could finish editing these, even if like the editor was in a different room from Gould and Gilligan. But uh, I would imagine. I would imagine because out the door before the premiere, reviewers had the first five as usual. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah. They, and- if if they had the first five, which kind of give because now it seems as though, and we'll talk about it in this episode, we're the the. The locomotive is moving for this season right now, as we yeah, see. Yeah. We see we see what this season's about. So now that we, we see that, I think that they probably may have finished or been on the way to finish these uh, before things went belly up. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're definitely right. If critics got that many of them, then you're definitely right. And uh, season finale is still scheduled to air on 420. <laughs> yes. So, uh, and, and I, you know, what's funny, I, I need to go and listen to the uh, Better Call Saul Insider podcast because they'll probably have a little bit more insight, at least uh, at least on episode five or maybe the upcoming episode six as to where things are. I do know that they record those podcasts out of order, not, not only out of order, but they also record them uh, well before the episodes are done. So after they're finished filming them, that's when they usually do them the same way they did with Breaking Bad. So if I hear anything else about the, the production and the behind the scenes on it i'll let you guys know on this podcast but uh before we get to that last episode really really great episode which ended ended on a big 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 cliffhanger uh we we kind of see kim's plan come into formation and uh, episode five is is a lot more of of that and we get to see what happens with uh kim's plan we get to see gus's plan as well and we get to have a lot of alone time with mike as he snarls and scowls (laughs) And scowls for most of the episode. Uh, how'd you feel about episode five? Uh, Derisado a max. Uh, I think the maybe my favorite moment of the episode is was one of the uh, not necessarily a snarl, but when uh, Mike sees the golf cart or whatever you want to call that thing and just rolls his eyes at it. Yeah, uh, I just laughed out loud when I saw that. I mean, basically sets the tone for the rest of his uh, you know, his stay there. Yeah, uh, a little. I mean, they're, they've kind of been uh, kind of getting ahead of ahead of ourselves, but they've kind of laid it on a little thick with some of the Gus stuff this season. Actually, like, what really like this dedicado on Max? Like, what's really the point of him? I mean, I get it. Like, he's it's like Mike says, he's like atoning for his sins with like a school where no one knows he's 
the good guy, but like, just more of this Max stuff. Like, doesn't Gus have anything? I mean, again, the point is that we don't know a lot about Gus's life before, uh, like that flat the Armanos flashback, basically. But still, like with Max is like the only thing that this guy uh this guy has going. Yeah, and we, you know we've never seen his family, even though we uh, have heard about them. We've, we've we've been to his house before, but we don't know much about him. And um, I, I think that again. There's a lot of things that are happening here with that storyline. I'm not going to say it's like my favorite part, you know, of, of every episode at this point. Yeah. Uh, no Nacho for the third time. Come on. Also. Where's where's Nacho? But I, I think that it's getting to a point where it's like, OK, we got to get <laughs> we got to get him moving. We got to. Yeah. Get, yeah. We, we got to get this storyline moving because it has to get to a, a a fitting end by by episode 10. Yeah. And almost, I, and I, a, almost a gag when Odenkirk finally called Mike. Yeah, and he's like, no. <laughs> yeah, we've like, been waiting for them to talk forever. He just tells yeah. them to fuck off. And, and and again, it's like we literally asked for it last episode. We were like, let's get to the, you know, let's get past the angry Mike. Let's get him. Let's get him on track. And I think this episode does put him on track. But also, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. That scene between him and Gus is actually, to me, one of the most effectual scenes that they've had. And, and you know, from episode one all the way to here, uh, I, I think it was probably one of my favorite scenes uh, of these two you know and just in general but um we do return in progress to mike in mexico at the beginning of the episode where he attempts to, to walk away as you know as expected you know mike yeah. doesn't want to stay there uh we don't learn much about how mike gets saved or or what the the deal was i would imagine that the guys that did this to mike are not around anymore would you say that yeah i'm probably I and mean, i don't see how they could have gotten him out of there if that weren't the case uh uh, it is insane that they took him from Albuquerque to Mexico uh, to heal a stab wound. Uh, I mean, that's kind of a, a big buy, I guess. But yeah, what do I know? Uh, the I mean, it, we're to assume, I guess, that Gus was having Mike followed. I mean, we know that Gus was having Mike followed, yeah. I guess, for a long time. And still, like, the, it, as soon as he got – I mean, fine. As I'm saying it, like, I'm, I'm doubting it a little less. But it's still, as we've said, this is not, has not been and is not, I guess, our favorite plot. But uh, let me tell you, Mike, Mike went to the polls on, uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, he, he, uh, he, 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 he doesn't give a fuck. No, he's a Biden guy all the way. You can tell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, as, as expected, you know, Gus has taken Mike away to help him recover and to essentially save him from himself. Um, we, we get that cold open of course uh he gets picked up and taken right back to the reservation so to speak and uh, after the commercial break we see saul uh he appears he appears on the day that mesa verde is set to evict and tear down mr acker's house this mr acker storyline is still going on we're about three up we're about three episodes strong into this right now uh but saul concocts there's, there's a lot of griffs on this episode by the way yes, and i want yes. i want to i want to rate them uh, by best at least. Okay, because this I, was a classic mo grift montage for this show. Absolutely, and I, and I think that you know we're starting to see Saul become more. Saul's tricks are so elaborate for a simple uh, outcome that it's almost hilarious, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of how he gets away with it. Like it's all, like you don't even know at the end what part was intentional and what part was like smoke and mirrors, basically. And, you know, you don't, he, I guess his point is to kind of confound you with what was actually the plan and what was just showmanship. Yeah, because it is not only is it, you know, equal part showmanship and actual production, but it's so complicated, the stuff that he does. Like, yes. this, 
he sets up a clerical error by switching the addresses. And we've seen him do this before with Chuck in season three. Yeah. He, does, he does it again where he says that Acker's house is on uh, a, another plot of land that is not correct. The foreman is, of course, upset about this. And this is this is a, a running gag throughout the episode. Uh, Kim lets Kevin from Mesa Verde know that Acker's lawyer is Jimmy. Uh, who has been doing some, as she says, aggressive marketing that has caught Mr. <laughs> Ack- that has caught Mr. Acker's eye. Uh, she asked to withdraw from the case, but they, but you know, Kevin won't let her. I mean, we already know this was a part of the plan. We knew that this that they're banking on Kevin's uh, his, his hubris being the end of him. Yeah, and it's it was crazy the way it was uh, called out. I guess that uh, it was like, oh, this was Acker's plan and not Kim's plan. Yeah. That being the, uh, you know, in, obviously uh, based on the next time on, which I'm sure was meant to, to be to throw us off. That was not what I, I thought was going to happen. Oh, not at all. And and again, like tremendous acting uh, from Acker's uh, from Acker himself. I, yes. I thought he, he was great as well. He was really good. He was good. He was good. He, you know, he's a good actor because he's a, he is clearly like uh, he switches it up when he's with Saul. Like he's like. He's he, he's being more uh, you know he's more fun than we see him be in the other uh, in, you know than he is with just with Kim even though he's like just as stubborn. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we go back to Mike. A lot of a lot of a lot of uh, multi-coastal <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah. here in, on on the episode. Mike asks if he can leave, but the doctor assures him that he can, but he won't be able to in his condition. Gus's suppression of Mike's rage is kind of reminiscent to me of the tactics that he pulled on Jesse. Uh, did you did you you know get any parallels to that as far as just uh, sequestering uh, Mike away the same way they did to Jesse to get him away from Walt and make him see the bigger picture? Yeah, it's a little bit of like classic like Gus, uh, not not brainwashing, I guess, but maybe uh, reeducating. Yeah, uh, you know, he it, not not only is he saying. Hey, I here's why my idea is actually the the best, and you know we should listen to what I want to do, and not what this idiot who's against me wants to do. But he also has a way of showing people that he seemingly has like endless resources. Uh, you know, he has this uh, school in the middle of nowhere in Mexico that Mike is at, and he was able to get Mike there. And there's a doctor there, and the doctor has like a smart go kart from. 2006 like it's <laughs> it's all you know it, it, he's like a willy wonka type of guy almost. yeah it's too con- it's too convincing and it's also like uh remember saddam hussein from south park and he's like come on i'm not that bad of a guy yeah yeah like, yeah, like yeah. that's what go well not you know not as, as over the top as that but that's what gus is kind of doing here it's like he's like, loves to sequester away and and puts put you away from the distractions that you've had to make to basically save you from yourself and yeah. It's almost endearing because we know Gus is a shithead. We know he's evil. We know he's terrible. But when he really does care about you, he goes the extra length to make sure that you're taken care of. Yeah, and it it's kind of like the like a classic, uh, you know, uh, like it's like the it's basically he treats you know a few people like he treated Max or whatever, but yeah. he, but but doesn't have the. You know, we don't see him have the reaction to some to anybody else's death uh, that he does in that instance, obviously. But that, of course, leads him to become the, the guy we know. But he he is very good. You know, even when it's he he's uh, he's basically a playboy. Like if he's yeah. wooing you, he's very good at it. So we do see that the town is dedicated to Max. Um, 
very interesting illusions here, a very interesting kind of story here where Gus does, you know, bankroll this whole town uh, that has schools, has children. It's, it's literally gated off from everything else in Mexico. And it's it's for his friend and it's, it's allowing new life to, to grow. This is a side of Gus that, you know, I know you said earlier, we don't know much about him, but I think the unspoken side of him to me speaks more volumes than him just saying it straight out, right? Yeah, and I'm not saying like, I don't want like, uh, you know, in two years, AMC, like one of their endless like Walking Dead shows, they're airing like <laughs> young, young Fring and it shows his like Aladdin-esque life in all throughout South America uh, as a teen. That's, I would never want anything like that. And in fact, I think not knowing much about him beyond the few, you know, what are more or less anecdotes that we do, you know, enhance him as, as uh, you know, as a big bad, basically. Uh, and even though we're seeing him before the events of the show, where, you know, showing how he built the lab isn't really showing his origin story necessarily. Right. Uh, and I think that's kind of crucial to to why it works for him because we don't see that all the, the Gus stuff is mostly plot stuff. It's not character stuff. But with mm-hmm. Saul and Mike and Nacho and Kim, it's character stuff. Yeah. So uh, back to Saul. Howard calls Jimmy, asks him about the job offer. Of course, last episode, uh, Jimmy threw a bowling ball <laughs> through his yeah, house yeah. uh and jimmy you know kind of rebuffs him again hangs up on him says he'll think about it what are you thinking about this this howard stuff it, it's well, conti- it's continuously coming up we're, we're going on three episodes of this happening there has to be a, a, a end game to this right where, where do you think this is gonna go i'm, I'm very interested in it and, and he's very adamant about it i i don't think they're just throwing this in here for uh smoke and mirrors I don't either. I thought they, if it, if he had not been in this episode, I think we would have been right that, uh, you know, the last episode was uh, a little bit of just a plot construct to show that Jimmy was to, like, you know, we know he's not going back, but this is meant to show that he's not going back. And to, you know, you and me who know that the point of the show is that he's not going back. They don't need this scene to show that this the, in Namaste. But bringing him back now really does make me think, there's, you know, bad version. He knows what Jimmy and Kim are up to. And right. he's he's going to, he's he's like, uh, hey, I, I'm not, uh, it's basically, you know, the less said, the better. Like, like they say to Kim at the end of this episode, but like a less said, the better. I'm trying to save you from yourselves type of thing. I don't think that's it. I think it's something more mysterious than that, I think. Uh, but I, I think you're right. I think it is no longer just uh, it's not smoke and mirrors. It, no. There's something uh, there's a twist is coming with the Howard plot. I don't I don't know exactly what it is. I don't because I don't know how he's still relevant to the show. I can't think of something that he knows about or would have found out about that, you know, would allow him to threaten them in some way. But I, I might just be missing something. He doesn't even really have a connection to Kim at this point. Like she's very far removed, years removed, even exactly uh, from that's from from uh you know HHM. So I, I'm I'm kind of interested in it. It's something that I think me and you should kind of put a bookmark on, and we I guess we'll talk about it larger when we when we see where this ends up, how they built up to it. But I do think it's interesting. I, I also love that you know Howard is kind of just like feng shui, just chilling, calling him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's great. It's great. He 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 was. Uh... <laughs> I mean, you have to admit, like, even if he is like some Zen guy now, he's still like 
he was still a really good lawyer. Like, even yeah. though he's probably kind of scummy because, you know, he's like a grinning pinstripe wearing lawyer. Well, he well was, is, he, is he scummy? I, I think I, I just think he's a little bit of like, uh, yeah, not, not scummy. Scummy is like too harsh of a word. He's, he's a little, uh, he's a lawyer, you know, yeah. but, but he's, you know, there can be plenty of good versions of, of what he does. Like he, it wasn't like he's, and in fact, Jimmy is actually a much more reprehensible guy in a lot of ways than Howard is. Yeah. Um, I'm sure if, we looked into real life versions of Howard and some of their clients, we, we disagree, but you know what I mean? For the point of the show, Howard is kind of more or less made out to be a well-meaning person. So I don't, I can't imagine that the twist is like him doing something bad, uh, bad to them as a couple or bad to Jimmy. Like what you would imagine he actually wants G he, I don't know. I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. It's interesting. Again, yeah. like, I, I, I kind of had in my notes, like, where is this going? Where could it go? Because right now we're trying to kind of circle the drain of when when Jimmy and Saul become one completely, where the uh, Saul behind the scenes is Jimmy, where the Jimmy in front of everyone is Saul. But, you know, there's still kind of a, a break there. And we're trying to I'm still trying to figure out where it goes. Uh, but back to to that, after the call from Howard, uh, Jimmy and Kim describe or Jimmy gets Kim to describe her conversation with Kevin uh, in, in pure, you know, wants her to do the, 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 the voice and everything. But we see Jimmy once again preparing for another grift. He, he's breaking pots in a, in a, in a bag. <laughs> uh, he's making curry. Uh, all of the stuff that he's doing is all at the same time right over the, the kitchen table. The, you know, and you see here in this scene that the grift is kind of intoxicating to them because, you know, he gets her to describe this. And you can tell, like, Jimmy gets kind of, like, hot and bothered about this. It, like, by oh, the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. By the end, he intimates that they're going to have sex after he he describes this. And and again, like it just shows that there is a very like Kim is slipping. Yeah. And, and it's and, it's a very literal like and it, obviously this always is the, the, the literally the chemistry to their relationship at this point. We're seeing that really laid bare now, but they're literally like inhabiting other people, you know, for mm-hmm. Jimmy and Kim, which makes the whole thing kind of weird, but uh, also funny. But the. uh their their relationship is so, like not only are they lost in it they're literally other people when they are attracted to each other like they are actively pretending in the moments when they're most attracted to each other yeah and and intimate i mean yeah jimmy brings her down to his level or she agrees to do it it's like you see how she's even in this episode or even the last episode when she swept up the glass like she reverts to being good she knows what's wrong you know what's yeah. right, right wrong, a little bit wrong. different in this episode though a little bit less reversion to good in this episode by the time she confronts fake michael douglas about uh, <laughs> about the, the, which is a really ballsy move yeah for sure uh so after this we go right back to mexico with mike who finds out that he can't actually make international calls uh he wants to get in touch with gus so he concocts a fucking phone charger <laughs> To charge his mobile phone, which had no battery when he got there. Give this man a razor. What's well, where's, again, where's his end gauge? But I mean, I like the scene, but also how many examples do we need of Mike being a complete badass? I get it. I yeah, I know. Like he's, he's building a phone charger. He's fixing a window. Like it, it, the stuff with Gus was good. Like the, uh, by the end of the episode, but it's. It, I think that this this the beats within. Uh, you know, the, the boarding house or wherever, whatever we want to call the section of town that he's in uh, or the building that he's in, it felt a little bit like more of the, or my complaint about it was the same as my complaint about the 
you know, him getting drunk and asking, starting the trouble at the bar, him getting drunk and walking past the the guys, which is if it's even if it makes sense as it feels like placeholder stuff more than like stuff that's it's stuff we've seen before in other shows. And even on this show from Mike, like how many times on a show have we seen a guy biding his time, you know, on a farm or like, you know, in, in a simpler place where he's just waiting to, you know, come out of uh, out of waiting. And it is a classic like, you know, type of thing. It just isn't that interesting to me because we've seen it so much on this show. Yeah, for sure. Um, so he calls Gus and Gus basically curbs him and says, not at the time. Cause you know, he wants, you know, Mike's asking him where, uh, why he has him here. What, what does he want with him? And Gus says, this isn't the time. And I'm imagining it's because Gus was already planning to go there and we'd find out why a little bit later in the episode. But, uh, we go right back to Saul, who I say in my notes is the fucking goat. He buried the, the pot that he put that he was breaking earlier during his conversation with Kim to uh, make the land untouchable because he says that it is a it's under like a it's like a a, a uh, state land if you, if you find something buried there from Native Americans basically and and they had archaeologists go there in order to stop Mesa Verde from uh, you know tearing down uh, Acker's house. Uh, there's an issue with the water, which I'm imagining is what the, the curry was for. Yeah. Uh, the, he, he processes the lead uh, from the fire alarm batteries to make a radiation claim and, and, and say that the, the land is, is radiated. He spray paints the visage of Jesus to say that it was kind of like a, a miracle and, and has people you know come from all over the world to come see this spray painted thing on the house. All types of things are going on to stop uh mesa verde and you know he's basically stonewalling them in, in any chance that he gets yeah it is i i really liked uh all of these i mean it was they this has to be the thing they like doing the most between uh this show and breaking bad they just love this type of thing so so much like this like weird you know what is why is he grinding up batteries oh it's for this. Like, what's what's the curry going to be for? What's why is he breaking these pots? Uh, it's all you know. They love. There must be days where they just sit around, you know, come with lists of stuff like this. And I, I love the the uh, misdirect of you know. They of course, Mitchell Verde has the cops waiting outside to to kind of foil Jimmy. Jimmy's two steps ahead. He has him go out and look at the stars as he clicks a device in his in his uh, sleeve to make the lead fall out of his his pants leg all over the ground. And again, like these are these are great grifts. And but once again, like to what end? And we'll find out you know in the next scene. To no end. Uh, Rich and Kim, of course, Rich is, is her friend and fellow colleague at Mesa Verde. They try to convince Kevin to make a make the call center somewhere else. They've already plotted out the land. There will be no, you know, extenuating or excessive uh, budgetary constraints to do it. Just, you know, move on to somewhere else. Of course, Kevin refuses to give up and Kim is foiled again. Uh Later on, Jimmy concedes to letting Kevin have the property by saying, you know, there's no reason to take this further. It's not worth it, but suggest they go after Kevin uh, with a personal option to find some dirt on him. And Kim obliges. This is bad news, Pat. Yeah, I mean, it's, this is clearly uh, first off, what they're going to find out is that he's actually Jason Sudeikis in disguise. <laughs> uh, but it, it, this is clearly uh, I think between this and seeing Kim's gamble at the uh again with fake michael douglas i think it's a pretty clear sign that things are different for 
Tim than they are for Jimmy. And that Jimmy is actually uh, maybe even though he's a little bit more of an addict uh, to the grift is a little bit more aware of the grift. Uh, whereas Kim is kind of totally unknowingly losing herself in it. Saul is, or Jimmy is like very much crafting his way into it. But and, Jimmy, the difference between Jimmy here is that he knows when to stop. Yes, exactly. And he's and he's always known when to stop. Even in Breaking Bad, he's known when to stop and let things be. And Kim has essentially now she's not just dipping her her foot into the into the into the water. She's literally swimming in the water at this point. Like she said, let's keep going because it's not about Acker anymore, and and it's not about. You know anything like that? She just wants to to stick it to to Mesa Verde, which is a terrible idea. I, I think when you drive Jimmy to this point, you're gonna have him doing some some pretty desolate and desperate things. And Kim is the is the one that that's we you know we all love Kim. We we think that she's the 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 chaotic neutral, the chaotic good. She's literally becoming straight chaos at this point. Yeah, I mean when she talks to. When uh, his name's Richard, the other lawyer, mm -hmm. uh, when he comes in and talks to her and says, like, hey, we're just going to take you off. You know, it, it obviously makes sense to, to he basically gives her the out in terms of like a conflict of interest, uh, which is more or less what she wanted. And then then she uh, in hold showing. On, but before we get to that scene, yeah, 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 scene, yeah. there's a, there's 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 more to come from that. I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I got that. That is the, the final. That's actually the final scene of the, the show. It's the final beat. Final yeah. beat. We're, we're gonna get to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we then shoot right back to the nail salon. First time we've seen that this season. Um, where Jimmy hires Mister X, aka Sol Solbchak, who returns from season one's uh, Pimento, and it, it's played. He's played by uh, Stephen Ogg, who voices Trevor in GTA Five. Whoa! Uh, to work on uh, doing some PI work on Kevin. He finds nothing, but Jimmy says his work is superficial. Describes Kevin as old school. Uh, How do you feel about Stephen Ogg or uh, Sobchak here in, in the return? Because if you remember correctly, he hired him in season one uh, to do what Mike he wants Mike to do. Yeah, remember, yeah. remember Mike shows up with no weapon, and uh, he pretty much uh, shows him up at that point. Yeah, and I actually I texted. I was glad to see him, especially when I realized who it was. Uh, I think he's a, he's a great actor. Uh, but I texted you. Uh, I thought it might be Bill Burr uh, no. before he actually showed up, which I would have been shocked at. I think uh, we get that later because Burr is a little bit more sinister and uh, a little bit more of a fixer than Saul is ready for at this point, right? Yeah, I think you're right. He, I mean, especially because, I mean, and Hugh will obviously can become that. But uh, the stuff we see Burr doing in Breaking Bad is like, you know, they send him to, uh, you know, probably most notably to Ted's house. Uh, and that is really like, in for like basically mob enforcer uh type stuff and this is still at the end of the day uh mr x uh is actually is still just doing like you know basically illegal pi work right and uh so he 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 says that you know kevin uh you know no no arrests no guns no side chicks nothing is going on there uh, but Mr. You know, he suggests that if they want to find something else that they, they use brute force to get what they want from Kevin. And that would be kidnapping him and basically squeezing the information out of him. But while looking at some of the pictures that, uh, that he took inside of Kevin's house, Kim finds that the Mesa Verde logo looks suspiciously similar to something else. Is this going to be the route that they take? I'm not sure. Uh, I, I don't know. I, what do you, I wasn't sure what to make of this. 
I, I think it's it's a it's a little bit of a of a preview into into where Kim might be thinking if this guy's so squeaky clean. Uh, it, it seems to be that the logo was taken from a picture that was in Kevin's house. I'm pretty sure if he, if that was the Mesa Verde logo, he did not get clearance to use that picture, and they might be taking him to copyright court. Which I mean, if they do, you know, do you know, go that route, and they get Jimmy to to kind of represent that uh, the the original artist that you know Mesa Verde is pretty successful, and he could squeeze him for a lot of money, which again puts Kim on shaky ground even still because how did this just come up now? Like this is literally something that is is just odd that all of these extenuating circumstances keep happening to stop Mesa Verde from taking this one guy's house. Kim is making it too hot. Yeah, and even if like. Again, the best case scenario is like, let's say it's, uh, I mean, I would say the copyright thing is like a best case. It's like the most innocent version of whatever it could be. But uh, I think that, you know, it could be something more sinister. It probably is. It's not like, you know, some like pedophile true detective thing. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But uh, it could be something worse, obviously. Uh, but no matter what it is, it's going to be clear that it was only discovered as a result of Jimmy's involvement in the case. And even if uh, Kim is innocent of that, which obviously people to different degrees think she is or isn't, uh, it still is going to be bad for her. Like, Hey, your, your uh, lawyer boyfriend, like clearly hired somebody to break. Like nobody could have known this if somebody hadn't broken into my house and nobody would have broken into my house. If your lawyer wasn't working for Acker. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, this scheme gets way more dangerous. And, you know, the implications are, you know, they're endless. We could go on for, for hours about why this is a bad idea. Kevin is already aware that Jimmy, uh, you know, lives with Kim and that this is something that could be a, be an issue. And he thinks they're pitting them against each other. How, how long is it going to take before he realizes that they're in on this together? I, it's just bad idea all around. Um, next scene, Rich suggests that Kim take a break from Mesa Verde for a while because he's on to her and her scheme with Jimmy. Kim makes a scene to cover her ass and put the pressure on Rich. Very smart for her to do. Uh, for, for for her to take it outside where everyone can hear it, basically saying, you know, do you think that I'm I'm crooked? He can't really say that in front of everybody else. Uh, so she saves her ass at that moment. But then again, she now knows that Rich is on to her. Yeah, and I'm not, I mean, in the short term, she saved herself. But I don't know that she didn't really make a, you know, I don't think her having this enemy is going to be good uh, and isn't, I, I'm sure, isn't going to help her in the, you know, in the ninth episode when her, you know, position at this firm is, you know, up in the air, I would imagine, or, you know, whatever that, you know, whatever version of that there is in, at the end of the season, I would imagine that her having made this enemy is not going to do her any favors. I mean, bigger than that, I mean, Rich tried to help her and is actively trying to help her by telling her if you're going to do this crooked stuff don't do it around me <laughs> yeah yeah and he, like he, he, she should have she at this point she could have gotten she could have had both right like if she knew if she'd found this thing that she was going to use against him and then they took her off the case like she still found the thing and she can still give that to jimmy and acker so you know it it Rich tells her, you know, it's better left unsaid. I don't buy this whole thing was a coincidence. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's better if you're not on the on the uh, the account. We're going to keep paying you and all this. Like he gives her a great deal yeah. and she just 
screams at him in front of everybody. Like when she follows him out of the office and starts yelling, uh, that was, I think that was to me the like, oh, okay, this is like, this is the moment where it's not, I mean, it is kind of Jimmy's fault to some extent, but this is like the Kim, the Kim, like this is Kim breaking bad officially right here because it's so public and in a way that she can't take back. In a way, this is a, this is a Kim season. A lot oh, more yeah. I, I thought that when we got to season four, uh, we'd be seeing a lot more of, you know, we, we'd be seeing, you know, Saul becoming Saul. But is Saul's downfall directly because of Kim? And we always thought it was because of him. Yeah, I mean, I, I always just assumed that uh, his behavior would get so bad that it would just drive her away. And uh, then he'd be very sad about it. But it seems as though he might actually be like making her a worse, you know, grift addict. And that is actually what drives a wedge between them, which is an intro, very interesting angle for the show to take. Of course, yeah. it could ultimately do, you know, he, he's ultimately going to, he's going into Breaking Bad. Either way, his character is still going to be motivated hugely by the tragedy of this relationship, no matter how it unfolds. So that doesn't really change. But the way, that the relationship is tragic certainly seems to be taking a different direction than at least I thought it would. Yeah, for sure. N- definitely not predictable at all. Absolutely not. Um, last scene, Gus visits Mike. Uh, Mike is, of course, uh, fixing a window for Senora uh, Cotazar. Is this Mike? Is this Max's mom? I was always, I was kind of wondering mm-hmm. why she was so important and why he would have Mike stay there in particular, especially with the proximity to the fountain that is that is dedicated to max did you think anything of that or were you thinking the same thing it it had not crossed my mind but i mean it could easily uh i mean he does uh gus does keep you know people like that around like he 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 keeps a small circle so that type of thing is would be good color for the the show what what really struck me was him explicitly saying don't talk about business in front of her yeah yeah and I, i thought that was interesting um Mike calls out Gus for financing the town to balance out the bad things that he does. But Gus notes that Mike is at a crossroads and he has another choice. Gus needs a soldier in his war and a partner that's going to help him carry out his revenge. And we see the Gus Mike bond formed. I can't put into words how great this scene was. Uh, it was. It was a tight little five minute scene at the end, but I think Giancarlo Exposito was a freaking spectacular here. Um, we don't get a lot of Gus talking and, and a lot of Gus monologues, but here we see why essentially Gus does what he does and essentially admitting we we never got that 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 admission in breaking bad proper of course remember Walt surmised that this was about revenge in breaking bad now Gus is explicitly saying it to Mike which to me means a lot more than him just you know doing it just to do it and now you know Mike understands that they both have the same rage they both have the same point of view as to what's going on here and i love this scene yeah, I thought it was really good. I have always, uh, I think that Banks has been, uh, Banks is, I think, my favorite person to see in scenes with Gus. Uh, and I think that was true for Breaking Bad as well. But I think it's because it's he's the only person who, even if he doesn't, he seems to mostly understand Gus, but he also isn't really uh, scared of him as much as he thinks that Gus is like kind of an idiot sometimes. Uh, but he, you know, he tells him like, you know, you, 
you think you're different from these guys. I don't know that you're different from these guys. And then Gus says some stuff that is pretty convincing to make him sound different, which is true. You know, Gus is ruthless in different ways than the cartel is made out to be. Is he ultimately like a better guy than some of them? Uh, you know, I think like Mike, uh, we're left to, you know, kind of interpret that how we will. And, but I think Mike is kind of, of the, uh, you know, the true neutral category where he's like, I, you know, I don't really know. It doesn't matter if this guy is better than the other guys or what, uh, you know, I'm just going to do, you know, I'm just going to do this thing. Yeah, for sure. And like, I think he thinks stuff is a little more noble than the other guys, but I don't think he, I think part of what makes him such a successful tenant for Gus is that he isn't totally uh, mystified by Gus. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that again, um, what sets that apart in, in totally, total agreeance with you is that Gus isn't just doing this out of just wanting to get money and make money. He's doing this to stick it to the Salamancas and to get revenge for what they did. And that frames who he is. So essentially we're looking at a Gus who wasn't, and, and I think we even knew this from salute. He wasn't into it to, to, to be a drug dealer. He was into it to, to make chicken and, and, you know, do things a, a different way. He launched into this business to get revenge on them and to undercut their business and to take their business away the same way that they took away his friend. And I think that frames a lot of who Gus is while we didn't get that explicitly, uh, you know, told to us throughout these, these two series. Now we know, okay, this is why Mike joins on because it's not just about drugs to him. It's not just about poisoning others. It's about really sticking it to this, this family, this cartel that's been ruining other people's lives forever do you think that Gus knows who killed Mike's son? Um, it would it might be a little bit wish fulfillment, but it would be awesome if uh, the, he did like you know give Mike uh, you know the list of names or something. Yeah, uh, and Mike did go out to get revenge. Who who I you know I don't want to get too uh, too excited about it. I, I would love that, but I mean, I, I there's a couple scenes on the on the uh, next time on that make me think that we might be going that route. I'm not sure these 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 next time ones are getting way like they're getting so cryptic and like I can't tell what's going on. I think this one that we saw uh, after episode five, I, I have even less of a clue what's going on this time. But we do see that Nacho will be back next next episode. So thank God we'll, we'll be seeing a lot of Nacho here. I'm hopefully I'm hoping we'll see him for the next four episodes. To be honest, so yeah, me too. Yeah, it, it it would be absolutely amazing. I I love Michael Mando's character, and I, I love the way he he plays uh, Nacho. But uh, that is episode five. Um, again, this the season is barreling along. I, I think they are hitting all the right points. We are getting less silent, you know, staring off into the into space that we've done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in other seasons, and we're getting right to the point here, and and I, I really appreciate that. But it's like, man, we got we got four more to go. <laughs> and, and then, we, then we got five more. Oh, I'm sorry, five more to go. Yeah. And, well, and so ha- halfway there. So we're we're uh, we're getting through it. And as always, you can follow us uh, and subscribe to the channel RNC Watch to get all of the latest and greatest for TV recaps and and uh, movie reviews and movie shows and TV shows like uh, this show right here, Recalling Saul, as well as So Help Me God when it returns. We just found out that they are working on it, but they had to be delayed because of the uh, nationwide global crisis. Uh, going on right now. Uh, of course, Euphoria's, uh, we have an overly medicated uh, recap show for that. 
uh, that is also being delayed. So I would imagine that we're going to be seeing a lot of these shows return in fall, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, fall, busy fall. No, no summers. There's going to be no fucking shows this summer. Be be prepared. No shows. Yeah, yeah it's going to be very interesting to see how HBO and even AMC, if they have anything in production, I, I, I would imagine The Walking Dead is going to would have to be starting up again after this pretty soon but yeah and then there's been i just saw uh, there's a uh, walking dead like where the wild things are yeah. uh, a two season event i it's like a two season fucking event what is this bullshit <laughs> it's if you like it we'll do three that's what it is <laughs> uh so yeah you can you can follow us for all of those things uh this week we have a late fees rewind we'll be we'll be revealing our april schedule uh for you it'll be me and pat as well uh, on that show too, uh, but you can follow us at RNC Radio Live on Twitter for all of the latest and greatest and the updates on our channels. Uh, and for next week, until next week, rather, I am Justin. He is Pat. Thank you for listening, and hopefully, we we uh, helped you out during your quarantining. Let us know your takes on Better Call Saul at OG Johnny Five and at Pafifi P A F I F I on Twitter. Talk to us, man. Subscribe to the channel. Leave us a comment. Leave us a rating. Uh, and until next week, we'll right. see you later. Do not go outside. Well, <laughs> yeah. Thinking about them licks I hit, I had to. Thinking about the viewers hit, I had you. DJ Esco. Savage. Gonna roll it up, my nigga. Roll up, jump out the car, squeeze the trigger. Gon' roll it up, my nigga Roll up, hop out the car and squeeze the trigger I can hear the purple calling I can hear the perkins calling I can hear the purple calling I can hear the zanies calling I can hear them perks calling I can hear the words calling I can hear the streets calling I can hear the streets calling Thinking about them licks I hit, I had to. Thinking about the viewers that I had you. Thinking about that cash like it's fast food. I'm thinking about this cash like it's fast food. I'm paying all my tithes, receiving bad news. Lord forgive me for my sins, I know this cash rule. Everything around me turned to fast food. Standing in the cold, ain't got no blanket. These hoes always getting exposed, ain't got home training. And when I push up in their rows, and I'm still drinking. Went from standing over stoves to the tour bus. Stayed down ten toes, board the G5. So much yellow gold on me like a beehive. Started rocking ball minds like they Levi's. Overtime, the booth is like a gold mine. I served in Alabama like Road Tide. The coolest DJ I can hear the in the world. Color. I can hear the perkins calling. I can hear the purple calling. I can hear the zanis calling. I can hear them perks calling. I can hear the words calling. I can hear the streets calling. I can hear the streets calling. I feel the water got me glistening. When I whip that beamer, can't you picture me rolling? Fuck you pussy niggas, ain't no sympathy Niggas telling lies, they so feminine I be selling pies, chasing M&M's Fuck a nine to five, get it at the gym Push it legal way, we call it at the gym Knock on my phone, take this murder on film I need better thoughts, I need better vibes 
focus on the top and let my nigga slide. I need more advice and ain't got no time. Hustling, doing right, feel like I waited a lifetime. Weigh up both sides, cause your life ain't like mine. Pay me no mind, I ain't paying no fine. Everything I did was for my hood this whole time. I'm talking this whole time, for my hood this whole time. Gotta take advantage, gotta learn how to take advantage, dog. Stole a golf cart, I go and buy a ballpark. Drove a stolen car, now my car push start. I'm from the apartments, a crib big like Walmart. I can hear the purple color. I can hear the Perkins color. I can hear the purple color. I can hear the Zanis color. I can hear them Perks color. I can hear the words color. I can hear the streets color. I can hear the streets color. Gonna roll it up, my nigga. Roll up, jump out the car, squeeze the trigger. Gonna roll it up, my nigga. Roll up, hop out the car, squeeze the trigger.